Good evening, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Monday, May 8th, 2023, and this is another episode of Lots to Talk About. And it's just uh, it's, it's a weird one tonight. Um, I didn't really have a guest. I've uh, been, uh, been hanging out with this guy a little bit off and on for the last couple weeks uh, while he was down here in Tennessee, and we got some stuff cooking. We had some stuff cooking prior to this together. Um, I got some stuff I'm launching. We got some stuff we're launching together. He's got some stuff going on. So I thought it was a good opportunity to kind of catch up on the visit and um, kind of roll out our stuff because it's all about right now. It all kind of came to fruition um, during his trip. So I, uh, I'd i like to welcome uh, to lots to talk about uh, the tool man, tool man, Tim Cook. How's it going, Tim? Hey, hey, hey. I uh, I don't, don't know why you're welcoming me, but it, it'll work. So <laughs> you're always welcome here. You're always I appreciate welcome. it. Seems like seems like just the other day we were in person talking and now we're, oh, I don't even want to guess 3000 kilometers apart. So what's that in freedom units? 2000 miles apart. Yeah, I, I can't do that. I don't know how you do it. Go back and forth all the time. Like you figure if you did one, you'd just do one. I don't, I can't figure it out. I don't know where to, I don't know where to land. Uh, when, when I go too much, uh, miles, then all of a sudden my, my brain starts getting all hooped up, you know? So what were you taught when you were, uh, when you were a child, was it, uh, certain things were empirical, certain things were metric and, um, certain things were both never the twain shall meet. Yeah. So it's really funny. We have a bastardized system of measurement as you guys love to make fun of me for, but I did a TikTok a couple years ago. It took me a while Our, to find ours it. Is, ours isn't any better, man. <laughs> At least you don't pretend to be metric. You know, every every time, I mean, you guys threatened to, I don't know. Do you ever buy ammunition in the United States? That's good point. That's true. So <laughs> if I go into the grocery store to get milk, the big jug, that's a gallon. Half a gallon, that's two liters though. So I go to get, that. that's just one example. So you go get a two liter of milk, or you go get a gallon. Now the gallon's actually four liters, but we call it a gallon. Uh, if you go to the, the um, you go to the liquor store, you'll get a quart, or a forty ouncer, or a five hundred milliliter, or a pint, or <laughs> so it's all over the place. You know, you go into the bar, it might be a pint, it might be well, usually it's a pint you order. You know, uh, so I was excited. Uh, Dollar General at one point started carrying liters of Coke. Yeah. Um, and I got all excited because from Super Troopers with Farva, I always loved the liter cola. And so I was able to tell Corey, hey, when you're a Dollar General, grab me a liter cola. And those motherfuckers changed it to a 1.25 liters. Did they really? <laughs> it makes no sense. I So I'm so lame I did an entire episode on two liter pop bottles. And there was there's an entire story about when they introduced... One of the reasons was because the two liter was more convenient for women who had to go get groceries so they could bring more pop at one time. And also, apparently, since they're bad drivers, uh, it could roll around in the back and not explode. That's what the Pepsi commercial said. So, And the original one liter glass bottles, the, the generic ones, if you just tap them, they'd fall over 
fucking oh can i swear i can't remember oh yeah i mean okay. we've we've sworn once um we made it through the first eight seconds and i i i, I read on youtube yes. monetization the profanities in the first eight seconds that is why my intro is 30 seconds long <laughs> <laughs> even if i cut it short i'm still in the clear <laughs> so if they knock it over if, if they would knock it over it would turn into a missile and some yeah. little three-year-old lost an eyeball because of it and so they sued, and that was part of the reason they switched to plastic. But do you guys you know. got three liters up there still? Because I remember no. when I was a kid, we used to get three liters. That was that was the bomb. My uh, my buddy's mom used to get us three liters of generic cola from the. It was called like Bubba Cola, and uh, for for football day on Sunday, I'd go over to my buddy's house, and we would sit, and they would, she would get us big big bags of generic snacks, and then a three liters of Bubba Cola. And uh, that was our football day. I got to say, you, you mentioned uh, Dollar General. You know how they used to say that the only thing that would survive a nuclear bomb would be cockroaches? I'm pretty yeah. sure friggin' Dollar General would too. They exist everywhere. It is unreal. Yeah. You will be in but fuck nowhere. And all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, you know, there's a burnt down factory. But right next to it is a pristine Dollar General. I'll tell you, Dollar General and... Um... If Dollar General comes in and then you see one of the, the family Dollar Dollar Tree split stores, those yep. things mate and they make a fucking Walmart. Oh, it's kind of like um, when you get four houses in uh, Monopoly and it turns they, – their baby's a hotel. Yep. Fair yep. It just happens that way. Like the Dollar General slides in and then the, the family Dollar Dollar Tree split stores. Did you see those while you're down here? Yeah, there's one in Camden. They're kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, when that one comes in and then somehow they have these weird relations and then all of a sudden the Walmart will pop up. That makes sense. I think it's Walmart lets uh, Dollar General and the other one test the market. And as soon as they've, they've uh, shown that people want to buy cheap shit, <laughs> then they just Walmart comes in. So here's a good one. With Walmart pulling out of Chicago, what's what's going to be left behind in that cesspool, or the the fact that Walmart doesn't exist there? Oh, this is how much I this is how much I watch the the news. Walmart's pulling out of Chicago. So I get all my news from TikTok, right? So I, I oh, that's guess, a good idea. That yes. is a very very good idea, Tim. <laughs> so I just you know I log on I and I'm like oh, so they show these people just ransacking Walmart and the headline is Walmart's leaving Chicago. So let's steal all the food. And so I dig into it and sure enough, I, they're not leaving all of Chicago, but sounds like the four that are like right in like the metropolitan Chicago area or they're leaving for reasons. I mean, I don't blame them. Um, I'd leave Chicago too if I was there. <laughs> well, I don't know if Sam Walton actually did that or not. I see renegades uh, post down there and uh, yeah, <laughs> We, uh, I had to go to training when I was in the gas, the gas pump thing. All my training yep. was in Chicago and it was oh. like right on the, right on the outskirts and we'd go down there and I'd travel and I always had to travel with these guys, um, that didn't really know me. They were, they wanted to go do shit while they're down there. And I'm like, fuck you. I ain't going anywhere in Chirac. Uh, I couldn't bring my <laughs> fucking gun with me. And I'm not going any fucking where without it in this area. So you got me from the airport to the hotel to the fucking training facility and back. That's it. <laughs> that blew me out of the water when the first time we went to Chicago. The literal signs everywhere. This is a gun-free zone. And 
Yeah. Of course, my smart ass always wanted to ask him how it was working out for him, but I never bothered. So well, and I had to fly there. That was even oh, sure. worse. So I had to I had to check my bag with my tools in it. So Ooh. I traveled. I was going for a week, and I travel light. Like I would have been all carry on, no problem. But I had to bring a screwdriver and a <laughs> socket set. And uh, so you know the Dewalt um, uh, hard case socket sets that yep. uh, they're like pack and goes. So I had one of those and uh, a set of electrical screwdrivers and a set of um, like Phillips and and straight blade screwdrivers. And I had to fucking check it. Really? It was in my fucking carry-on. I had to check my carry-on because they wouldn't let me take the fucking tools on the plane. So one difference between the U.S. and Canada, I can actually check, I can carry on the plane a multi-tool with a blade less than three inches. But if I'm Uh, flying to the U.S., I can't. Yeah, no way, no way. I know. I, uh, I lost. I lost um, when I was bartending in in college. I flew a lot of places a lot because I was making a lot of money and just whatever. That's that's what you did when you, you had a fucking travel agent as a regular customer, and he would buy me get cheap tickets. Anyway, I I lost more wine keys. Oh, getting on planes because. They'd be in my pocket. That was my everyday carry. Like I was a bartender. I I would go to work. I had a wine key in my pocket. So it had a flip open knife and a corkscrew on it. I'd right. walk in the thing and they're like, yeah, no, <laughs> no. Every, every time I went to the airport, I mean, I usually wasn't sober by the time I'd get to the, the airport. And it was just like, you got to get rid of that. And I'm like, what? Another one? <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. And that sucks too. Cause you've got what your two options. Option A, throw it in the garbage. Option B, go back to the beginning of the line, figure out a way to ship it to yourself, and then suffer through security again. And yeah, no, I'm I'm good. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes, um, how was your? Uh, you had like what a two week trip over? Two yeah, week trip? yeah, I think fifteen days when it was all said and done, a- approximately seventy hours of driving, which is. It was about 7,000 kilometers, which would be, I don't know, 4,500 miles, something like that. Are you the sole driver of this expedition? Uh, yes. And not because Becky won't drive, but because I love to drive. So, Yeah, Corey and I have this weird thing where she um, she hates to ride in the car. Like, I get it. So we had, we had a little conversation the other day because I was driving out to your place when you were down here. Mm-hmm. Because she doesn't like to go over the hills that she can't see over the other end off the front of the truck. And we have such a a tall truck, she can't see jack shit even when we're on flat ground. And so she made me drive out there. And I'm looking at her, and she's literally gripping the door and the um, the center divider. And I'm like, you do realize that I drove every day, all day for a living for six years straight. Mm-hmm. Not once did I have uh, uh, any sort of accident other than weather related when I slid into a ditch from a dead stop. Um, are you nervous? <laughs> she's, she's, Thank like, God. I, she's like, I just can't do the, I am not in control of the vehicle, especially on those roads in Tennessee. And I'm like, this is great. This is why you tow. This is why you tow the camper because, like, I couldn't deal with that and on a regular basis. I get it. I'm lucky. I, I'll bet. I mean, Becky was still recovering from her trip overseas, so she was tired anyway. 
So I bet you out of 70 hours of driving, she slept about 50 of them. So she has, yeah. And I mean, we have driven everywhere, like every city, almost every city in North America we've driven in and I've driven everywhere. She, she knows if I ask her to drive, I'm exhausted. It's the only time it ever happens. Pip and I was wondering if they filter that garbage that gets thrown away at the airports, and they absolutely do. I've had, oh, friends, guaranteed I've had do. friends that worked at the airport that made big money um, maybe taking that stuff and giving it to someone else and receiving value in exchange for it. <laughs> I would I never would, say they were selling the shit that they got at the airport, but... <laughs> I wouldn't begrudge them. I mean, it's either going to the landfill or you might as well do something with it. Well, and it, but it gets really shady because um, my guys, the guys that I knew, weren't stealing shit out of people's bags. They were, right. they were in unclaimed shit or for uh, forgiveness boxes and shit like that. Um, but there are fuckers there that uh, they search bags and they they lift shit out of bags. And uh, yeah, it's like that honor amongst thieves shit. My guys hated them. <laughs> So I so speaking of unclaimed baggage, I have a so I'm Canadian. If anybody out there doesn't know this by now, I have a PO box in Montana. So there's a company that will pick up my mail for me, hold it until either I go down and pick it up or they forward it along, which works great as a YouTuber because I'm at the point where people like to send me shit. Anyway, I go in. This is the first time I actually went there. I normally have a company. Do people send actually it send you shit, dude. I've got a video. I think I had 30 parcels waiting for me this time. No, like shit. Do they actually send you shit? Oh, shit, shit. No, not yet. I bet somebody will at some point. But <laughs> that's uh, possible, was, actually. Uh, yeah. Oh. So I go into this warehouse and it is full from top to bottom. And I asked him, I said, like, what, well, you know, are you guys this busy? She goes, well, and I'm like, well, how long does stuff sit here? I said, how long have you been in business? Since 2018. I said, so what happens to the stuff that doesn't get picked up invariably, right? She goes, well, the owner hasn't figured out what to do with that yet. We've just been so busy. So they have shit that is stockpiling in this warehouse since 2018 that people have not picked up that is just there. I'm like, why don't you once a year have an auction or something? And they're like, well, we haven't really figured that out. I'm thinking, you're almost six years in business and you haven't figured out what to do with leftover I mean, great that you're busy, but geez, I, I mean, they're paying for extra space that they don't need to. Well, yeah, I, um, I think that they should have like a, they could do like a members auction. Oh, that would be great. Like people, people that actually rent boxes there or rent addresses have access to this or they get uh, first dibs or something like that. That would be cool. I, I'm going to mention that to them, <laughs> but it's a great service. I mean, they, they charge me for an average parcel. I think anything under 20, uh, 20 pounds, they charge me $2 to hold it and they'll hold it for technically 90 days, but indefinitely. I was like about five years. Yeah. So far they'll hold it since 2018 so far. Uh, so how's that work at the border? If you don't know what it is, or do you have to open it before you go across the border? So, yeah, I technically need to know what it is. Uh, This time, I didn't open it. I just had a list of what it was. Because most times, companies will be, they'll message me and say, hey, want to send you some shit. And I'm like, okay, I'll take it. But, you know, so I usually know, but sometimes I don't. And what really sucks is the company that 
brings it across the border to me in Alberta, they need an itemized list every time. And sometimes I just have to make an educated guess. It's all I can do. But so, so you can go and grab it yourself, or you can also pay someone to bring it across and then ship it to you on the other side. Yes. So what, what I've discovered at this point is, so it's a five hour trip each way. So it's 10 hours. It's a day's trip to my Montana mailbox. Right. So I, I was paying something like beyond the Montana fees, somewhere in the ballpark of a hundred to $150 each time I'd have everything shipped up to Edmonton. And then either I'd have to have it shipped from Edmonton to me or go pick it up myself, which is a five hour round trip. So I'm just going to go once a month to my mailbox now and get it myself because I can buy groceries, I can buy gas, and then I can also eventually ship out my patches and everything so that uh, it just everything will be easier, you know? <laughs> Josh, says, Josh says they have to smuggle up the maple syrup <laughs> in their Floken wallet. Um, I, I thought he was going to I went on a tear uh, this weekend in the – the float token and NFT holder telegram group. Is that still a thing? Oh yeah. 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 I stayed in the group just, just for shits and giggles. And there was like, um, an announcement from Kingsley or somebody the other day, it was the end of April. And they had said that they were going to release these tokens for the new, the new thing by the end of April, the ones that they owed from the old service. Okay. And, uh, so the end of April came and went and nothing. And people are like, "No, did anybody else get an email? Because we were supposed to get an email of a deposit or to double check addresses. Like, did anybody else get an email? And people were like, no. And so I was laying in bed on Saturday morning and I had my meme generator out and I just was cranky because I hadn't had any coffee yet. And I might have, I might have been a little excessive, but I was just cranky. I don't okay if if you've okay if, if your business has failed if you've gone bankrupt whatever has happened just own up to it right don't oh, that that's the yeah that that's what I said like I posted them all and people were laughing it was all in good fun whatever and uh, then somebody was like well what'd you do expect to make money I was like it had nothing to do with the money it's the communication and the follow through on what the fuck that you say you're gonna do that's it. Like, yeah. I could care less if I gave you money and you like set it on fire in front of me. But if you said, Hey, if you give me money, I'm going to set it on fire in front of you. Then cool. We're cool. But if you do that and then you're like, well, I didn't do that, but I'll get it back to you. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? So here, here you are, you, you know, you believed in their platform. So you're like, okay, here's money for token, whatever. Right. The, the, the only thing they had to do was provide you with that token. <laughs> and <laughs> that's it, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that was it's the value for value it's, exchange. It's, it's fun to poke um, to poke at it at this point. It really is. Like, I hang around just to, just to poke the bear. <laughs> it was a, a slow-moving train wreck if I've ever seen it. Oh, that my God. A- oh, my God. And oh. the, the nice part is, um, so with Noster now, uh, yeah kind of rolling into that and you, you get gun shy yeah um, i get it and then you realize that it isn't float and it can't be float it's the right. and it's like the exact opposite of uh of float sense that 
you know, people make suggestions or make dumb, dumb decisions or don't take suggestions, then somebody else will. And you can still use all your shit. Like right. you just move it. It's fantastic. <laughs> I think it really does solve some of the problems because I remember when both float and Odyssey or what was library at the time, they were yep. both getting hyped really big. And they talked about, I can't remember which one it was, whether I think float, they originally had aspirations to be part of the li- to, to run on the library ecosystem or something, I think, or yeah, I, I think know. there was talk at one point, but boy, all I can tell you is they were, it, it's an interesting, <laughs> what it, whatever happened there on both ends was just fun to watch because like yeah. I said, oh. honest, yeah, yeah, it, it was an experience for sure, for sure. Um, but experiencing it and then moving into a different um, technology like this um, really solidifies why it's so important. Absolutely. And I don't know. You've been busy. You probably haven't been poking around on there, but um, it was last week. Um, Jack Dorsey put out $10 million um, and 5 million of it was for Bitcoin development and 5 million was for Noster development. That's, that's of his that's own what, personal money. Well, I'm I'm sure it's from it's okay. One of his so companies, but I'm gonna uh, guess it probably works like some of the other ones. They have uh, what are they called? Um, venture like, capital funds, yeah, or endowment like funds, or you know, yeah, yeah. But anyway, he he finds Noster equally as important as Bitcoin development. So, I mean, that guy that guy kind of knows what he's talking about a little bit more he, than me. Did he have anything to do with the launching of Noster, or did he just kind of embrace it after the fact? I don't know. No, it's, I think, it's cool. I think it's I think it's a lot of um, a lot of collaboration. It's it's um, it's very it's 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 kind of all like a big spaghetti web, as far as I can tell. Like they they've all kind of raced raced to the race to the pinnacle, race to be the one adopted. And they push each other and and achieve in spite of each other, but because of each other, you know? It's kind of weird, though, that a guy like Jack Dorsey would want to be involved in this. Like, I, I respect him for starting Twitter, but what Twitter became is kind of the antithesis of anything open source or not, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, like, uh, decentralized. So... Because I'm, you know, you can, I'm guessing on Nostra, you can say just about anything you want. And if people don't want to. <laughs> Dude, I opened it, it up and there was a huge dick on my screen this morning. Oh, that I was, was like, I was like, whatever, block, block all dicks, all dicks at Primal or we're all at Iris or whatever it was. I was like, okay, block it, whatever. But whatever, that's, that's the whole deal. Like I can block that. I can self-center. But maybe Josh wants to see dicks in the morning. So Josh I, doesn't have to censor the dicks. I wonder if he he probably wants to see him before he goes to bed as well. So could you like set a timer so that dicks just show up for four hours in the morning and four hours at the evening for him? Or? Maybe. I'm sure. I'm sure if it's possible. I mean, if well, and that's the thing. Um, you want it to happen. If you have money and you want something to happen right now, all you have to do is post it. Um, and it doesn't even have to be a lot of money in a lot of cases. But even if you don't have money, but you just have a suggestion, um, I've seen people post stuff and 
the implementation was like within 12 hours just because wow. it was something simple and somebody went that makes sense so what I like about Noster so far, and I've said this and you guys probably get tired of me saying it, but you guys continuously pull me dragging, you know, drag me kicking and screaming into these new technologies. But what I like about it is when I go on there, I see shit I want to see. I see it from people I want to see it and I see interesting shit. And it's not, I mean, you know, I, I don't begrudge any company from filling their platform full of ads if that's what they want to do. But take five minutes and go on Facebook and 80% of what's on there is either suggested posts, promoted posts, or two or three groups I belong to. And that's it. It's hard to even get sensible interaction on there. So I, I enjoy it so far. Yeah, it's it's nice. Uh, you can support that. You can keep ads off it by paying for a relay or, you know, um, tipping content creators and, and making the community there. Um, Every time I post, I, I I get like within an hour, two or three, uh, what are they, uh, boosts zaps. or zaps? Thank you. Yeah. So I'm like, this is great. I, I just, yeah, wait, anyway. Well, that, okay. So here, that's, that's one of the announcements, I guess. I don't know how public I've been about it other than on my morning show, but yeah. I, um, I kind of went out on the, on the cliff, um, and I was sitting on Noster one day and I was talking to Josh and, um, I said, man, this would be interesting to set up for a company and say, like, run their account for them at yes. the moment. because it's so it's so small. It, it is so direct with the people that want to see it. So if you bring a product to Noster that people want to see and they sign up to, and they follow you, they're going to see it. So how much better is that than, you know, how much better is 500 followers on Noster than 10,000 followers on Facebook if your budget is zero um, or limited. And so I was like, so this is like ground floor. And I looked around and there's not a lot of companies on there. I saw like uh, the Beef Initiative had somebody running something for mm -hmm. them, a couple other um, small companies. And I was like, okay, what, what is this? What, what do we, what do we, what, how do I, how do I figure this shit out? I can grow my brand, but I want to I want to try something for someone else. I want to see how it works with someone else's content as like a content manager. And I got the idea from um, the one running running the um, the beef initiative. They're running it for them. Oh, OK. And so I was thinking about some people that I had interviewed some this and that. And I remembered my interview from um, 420 the the guy that runs fat nugs magazine and we had had a long conversation before and after that about how many chances he's gotten um and different things like that showing initiative over um experience and shit like that i'm like oh cool <laughs> so i sent him a message i'm like dude um i think Noster's ripe for cannabis uh yeah it's it's a freedom oriented platform it's decentralized it's um coders smoke dope <laughs> that's it's just it's just one of those things um some of them do and some of them don't but anyway i was like you got awesome content you got great digital content uh, you have tons of content out there and you're going to be putting out content every week new fresh stuff um let me try to establish your brand over there we'll do it i'll do it for 90 days 
I'll do it for, for the zaps, man. Like I'm working for zaps right now. I ain't getting paid to do shit. Um, but what I want to do is, is establish a presence for him there, uh, get some analytics for him after 90 days and then maybe sell it to him or, um, sell it to him or keep running it for him for a fee. So I threw it out there and I said, yeah. And he, he's like, do it, let's do it. And so currently I'm managing a social media account, um, and it's going all right. It's going all right. So if you're on Noster, uh, search Fat Nugs Magazine, or it's Fat Nugs Mag is what it is. Um, but it's been going well, and um, I'm making some connections. I got uh, I got uh, awarded a uh, vanity URL from Primal, um, a new inter- a new uh, client that's being developed. Mm. Primal.net. Um, somebody reached out and said, "Hey, like your content. I'd like to give you a vanity URL." So I got that and some nip five certification through them. So going well. <laughs> when you told me about that, it took me about 10 minutes to kind of for it all to sink in when you were explaining. I can't, I can't remember if you told me in person. I think you might've told me over telegram. I can't I, remember. I started, I started kind of teasing it cause I wasn't really sure how it was going to go. And um, yeah, then I think I told you when we were walking through the woods. So yeah. And it, I, it just sunk in how, you're already on there. You're already doing it. I, I just, there's no downside to this. I, I, I fucking love it, dude. Well, here's the deal too. Um, I'm documenting what I'm doing. So, you know, come 90 days from now, maybe I want to just teach people how to do this for other brands. Right. Instead of doing it myself. Or you could do both. Or both. For a while. Right. Or both. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the big experiment. Um, it's nothing more than that, really. And hopefully, it turns into something long term. But uh, it, it's kind of thrown out there as an experiment. It's it's working well. It's working well. I'm learning a lot, both for me um, and and growing my stuff as long as well as promoting their stuff. So I love it. I I think it's a match made in heaven. And I think I I think long term, I think it has some real potential there for you. Could, could, could be good. Could be good. Could be good. So I can't wait to see it. Plus you're, you're getting zaps or sats or what, you know, so. Yeah, man, you know, it's, it's been, uh, it's been five days. I think I'm up to a dollar 23. So, but <laughs> I said, I said, Josh, the first, the first zap came in and, uh, I sent Josh a screenshot of the wallet. I said, I am a paid social media manager. <laughs> it was like for uh, less than a penny. <laughs> yeah. But here's the deal. You know, I'll, all kidding aside, you can now, the next time you approach someone else, you can say that you are an established, paid social media, alternative social media manager. And you're not lying. You know, are you stretching the truth? 10%, but you're not lying. And because you have the experience now. I didn't I didn't stretch nothing. I'm experienced and was paid. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I seriously, I, I love it. Like, so I had a guy reach out to me. Uh, I don't know, about a month ago. Um, I can't remember his name right now. He's going to be on the show Sunday night. He's a weatherman, but he didn't reach out to me. Or he's a former weatherman, weatherman, and he's into like emergency preparedness, storm preparedness. So he had his representative reach out to me. And I, I don't know if he, it, it really kind of felt similar to what you're doing. It kind of felt like somebody who's just getting started representing people. And mm-hmm. I, I I was... I, it worked for me, you know, the way, the way they interacted, everything. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's give them a shot. 
Yeah, so I like I, it. I thought like about it. spinning it into other things too. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, it's just something I'm doing. Um, and that's the nice part of of the stuff is kind of fleshing out for me, and it's kind of getting its own day. Like everything is getting its own day. It's getting its time. Um, if I don't have stuff to do, like it's all kind of getting in line now, which was. It was just finding that spaghetti technique, finding what really worked for me. I was just going to say the spaghetti method. That's exactly it. Because you've said to me that your podcast now, it, it kind of writes itself, right? Like mine too. You know, you've got a, you've got a pre-established structure and format yep. that once, once we find that as content creators, it, you know, you still put work in, but it takes that unknown stress off you because now you know what well, right. I, I'm yeah. lucky enough. I'm lucky enough to have Ryan, uh, Ryan Pippen there here in the crowd here. He's, uh, he's been commenting, but Mr. he's been Robert nice Hatton. enough to, yeah. Duction cup, man. Uh, he has been nice enough to do the history, this day in history for me every day. Um, awesome. and that, that fills a plug. And I have my question of the day that I ask every morning and that fills a nice 10 to 15. And then I talk about my life and how hard is that every day? Um, I always nonetheless start struggle in the morning and look at Corey and say, what did we do yesterday? Um, and when, when I sat and did blog posts, it's, um, it's hard to make it interesting. So I have a list of things that I kind of have as backup stuff I could talk about, but it really, it really makes it nice that there's that routine and, um, you can prep ahead. And that's something that you always stressed. And I, I finally figured out how to do that, uh, how to get the majority of my show done ahead of time. And that right. was pre-done questions. Um, finding Ryan was a, a godsend because that's like 10 minutes a day. That's phenomenal. I love it. I, I try at the beginning of the month to at least schedule out most, well, pretty much all my show topics and I'm getting back at scheduling out my, my review topics as well. And I've been doing, I don't know if I told, did I, yeah, maybe I did. I've been doing a deep dive into TubeBuddy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. If, Thanks, yeah. by the way. <laughs> what is it? Thanks, by the way. Oh, are you, did you subscribe? Yeah. Yeah. It, take, it takes a while, but I'm getting a system down. So this morning I was able, when I first started diving into it, you, you pick a topic and then you keep searching that topic until you find the proper search terminology that has that sweet spot of search volume to competition. And when you find that, it can take a little while. But it anyway, I got a lot quicker at it. So what used to take me an hour to find one, I was able to flesh out six this morning. So I just okay. planned my next six reviews in about an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah, I've been just using it mostly after the fact. Um, okay, yeah. And I have a playlist of um, videos I have to watch or listen to on how to use it effectively. Uh, learn how to use the damn thing. And uh, the problem is the service here. I always listen to the stuff on my walks with the dogs. Right. I have an hour every morning that I walk the dogs that I used to listen to all this shit. Well, unless I download it, I can't listen to it on my walk because it's in and out. Like I'll have YouTube in my pocket and it'll it'll pause every time I lose service and then it won't start again. <laughs> right. That sucks. So, 
So I'm losing all that time, but uh, eh, it is what it is. But yeah, I like it anyway. It's uh, uh, it's been worth. I think it's like twenty bucks a month, and it's it's really up to my game. I think anyway, it's really helped me. I, you know, I have I seen massive growth from it yet? No, but I've seen probably I don't know maybe twenty percent increase in the my tag. The, the tag suggestions in itself. Oh, I think it's so probably time. worth worth the money you put in your keywords, and it's like boom, 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 and the scoring of the tags and all that. Oh yeah, and they're that's, they're that's the biggest thing I've I've looked into so far is the tags, and because that's something I wasn't doing. Well, something else they allow you to do, which I love, is um, mat like mass um, mass changes to videos. So I've got I think I'm coming up on seven or eight hundred videos on my YouTube channel, and over the years, you know, my so I'm sure you do the same thing. I have a notepad. It's called Connect With Me, and it has all my social links. So I just copy and paste that to every single video. Well, yeah. that, that you know, that, that migrates over time. It evolves, right? So you can go in and you look at your old videos and you highlight a portion in there that says, like, my Connect With Me section. And then I go into TubeBuddy and I say, find this text, replace it with this text. And it takes about three minutes it searches all 800 videos, finds every video that has that instance in it, and it replaces it with my brand new Connect With Me. Took me about an hour last evening, and I was able to get all my videos updated. Nice, nice. I, I finally pulled my head on my ass and started doing a blog post for every episode I do. <laughs> I, I should do that. I don't do that. Maybe I will someday. Oh, man, it's... Um... I, I fought it and fought it and fought it and fought it and fought it for obviously over a year uh, every day. And um, finally I did it and it takes me like 15 minutes. I may. I, there Somebody who, um, oh, I had Matt from Farm Hop Life on my show last night. If you go to his website, he has, I'm guessing it's a WordPress plugin that automatically populates all of his I think on one place, it's all his podcast episodes. And on another place, it's all his YouTube videos. It was yeah. really slick. Three or four to a line. And you could just, yeah, I might look into that. I got um, I got players. I got to redo the side widgets in mine. But um, basically, every episode now, I embed the uh, question of the day player and the YouTube video and the my RSS feed. So if you nice. click on it, you can listen to any of the two or watch the video. And then I got links to everything. And and thanks to Ryan, I got a, a big old chunk of history to throw in there. And um, yeah, it's it's working out nice. It's 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 allowing me to make the YouTube video description generic, and then still convey what I ended up talking about on the show, um, in the blog post. And that sure. was the big reason why I couldn't pre-do all my show notes was, what the fuck am I going to talk about on Thursday? I don't know what I'm going to talk about on Tuesday, on yes. Tuesday morning. How do I do all my show notes on Monday for the week? And I figured out if I do it generic in the YouTube video with a link to the blog post, the blog post is specific to what I talked about. I like it. I'll look into it. I get asked this after the show every morning. Is Backwoods Butcher, is that Kyle that you guys talk about? Yeah, that's Kyle. 
Okay. So I, we need to bust his balls a little bit because he says he enjoys doing a podcast, loves doing the videos. He just has to get better at it and less nervous. So <laughs> I think he's on his third video. <laughs> that's okay. You, you'll get better. I, my first videos, I looked like a terrorist sitting, you know, in an underground cavern talking to the video, you know, that they sent out on a USB with a carrier pigeon. So you, the only Kyle's way is good that, already. Kyle, he's the he's good. He's the backdoor butcher. Is, is is he Josh's backdoor butcher? I I there is there is a long involved uh, story about Kyle. That's for sure, um, and that's for a different. Diff, that's for an in person uh, sure campfire. <laughs> All I can say is I've heard great things about Kyle, and uh, he's fantastic. He's fantastic. Yeah. I just had him on my show uh, last Thursday, actually, and uh, he talked about his journey to where he's at now. Um, well, if yeah. he ever wants to come on and uh, talk about his meat, he's more than welcome to come on my show at some point. So See reach that, out Kyle? to me. Have you you, can, you can go talk to somebody that's actually famous. Somewhere. <laughs> I don't know who it is. but <laughs> Did you see that the other day in the Telegram group? Yes, yes. Okay. Here you oh, go. Kyle, oh. Kyle is awesome and his dad is fabulous. <laughs> okay. Enough said. So anyway, all right. Oh, geez. Anyway, yes, I, I would love to have you on, Kyle. So reach out to me, brother, and I'll get you on. I'm, I'm backed right. up a little bit. So, hey, what do you so, got yeah. going on this summer? Nothing. No? No. Do you got a... Is that... <laughs> I'm sorry. Is He's like, what an asshole. <laughs> I, can, I can pull it out of you if you really want. I have the dates somewhere. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. So where do I start? Um... Okay, let me slide back. The first thing I just did, which was really cool, I just rebranded my podcast. It, uh, so I just hit episode 300 on Saturday evening, and I was a real dick. And so I announced it by saying, uh, guess what, guys? Tonight is going to be the last episode of the Workshop Podcast. And then because that's who I am, I made like a 30-second pause. <laughs> and then I'm like, because we're rebranding tomorrow to Workshop Radio. So I love talk radio, always have. I love, I just have this romantic memories of it from a kid. It's always on. It's either baseball or AM talk radio in the workshop, you know, some little AM radio hanging up on the shelf. And it's just always there while you're getting shit done, right? So that's what I want. I want, I want to be in people's ears or on people's workbenches while they're busy building the life they want to live. So I'm like, it was time. So we went from, I was really creative. I had somebody on Fiverr do it. We went from a white, a black on white logo to now a white on black logo. But attaboy. It, it, yep. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the same but different, right? So I, I'm really, really pleased with it. It was just, it kind of branched out of first the one we did at New Year's this year. We did the workshop radio, which was a, was it a 48 hour? I think it was two, two full days. Or was I think it we 20? Did two days? Yeah. And so that was a little daunting. So the next time we did four hours and that worked really well. So we'll do more. I haven't decided what we'll call it. I don't know. Anyway, but from now on, the work, what used to be the workshop podcast is just now just known as workshop radio. And how many are you doing a week? Really? Like seven or eight now, aren't you? Episodes? Yeah. Four. Um, Thursday. You're on more than four times a week, dude. Well, Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, hour and a half to two hours. So it's pretty. But then I'm also doing 
uh, a full on review video or two every uh, week. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. probably what yeah. you're seeing. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, you're, you're on more than that. <laughs> I'd like to get it up to five at some point. Becky and I talked pretty serious a couple nights ago that heading into 2024, which I've made abundantly clear that this is going to be my biggest job. You know, I'm still going to have my property management, but we're slowly filtering out all the other handyman stuff, which is weird, but it had to happen. I don't have enough hours in the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. No, that's a good thing, though. Yeah, it is. Because, because it, it, you like doing this. <laughs> I do. I love doing this. I love do. I mean, I didn't hate picking up dog shit while I listened to audiobooks, but I always knew that it was going to be a means to the end. You know, right. this is this is the end. <laughs> yeah, anyway, but no, this is the end that I wanted was an independent lifestyle as we buy, you know, rental properties and content creation. I mean, I'm fucking speaking at eight events this seven or eight events this year, all in the States, other than the one I'm having up here. Yeah. What about that? The workshop workshop. It is, I believe, August 4th through 6th. And I didn't I stutter. That's what it was. <laughs> Let me look here. It's Heritage Day weekend. Yeah, so August 4th, 5th, and 6th. Tickets are supposed to be live tomorrow morning. I believe I've got all the kinks worked out. So I'm capping it at 30 people for now. We're going to, I think 30 will be what we can handle. I hope we have bigger numbers than that, but I'm going to cap it at that. 200 bucks for the weekend. Uh, $50 deposit holds your spot. So you just go on toolmantim.co. Anyway, the cool thing is, is uh, I'm going to be speaking at it, of course, but no. Uh, so we got me. Uh, Becky's going to do something, which I think she's kind of the star of the workshop now. Anyhow, uh, Chris Dixon's going to come on. He or come up, of course. He's going to do some things on um, beating his metal and stuff like that. He's a, what do you call that? Um, blacksmith and a metal metallurgist. Uh, we got Greg from Apocalypse Preparedness School. You're there. And he's coming down to talk about I don't know what all, but uh, tracking, bushcraft, a whole bunch of cool stuff. And then the craziest thing is Nicole Sauce from Living Free in Tennessee is flying up. It'll be the only, if you want to see Nicole internationally, this will be the only time to see her this year. She's coming up to speak. How did so, you pull that off? I, I guess I, I went to her event twice. So, you know, it's a bit of a drive for us to get down and... When I announced it, she messages me. She goes, I'm coming to your event and I'm going to speak. And I'm like, yes, you are. So I guess I'm having the event. We better plan it. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I uh, I got to figure out how to get there without a camper because I am not going over the border with my house. Do you have a passport? I can get one. Okay. I would look into it pretty quick because it sounds like there's a bit of a delay still. But if you don't make it here this year... Be yeah, I don't know. I don't. It probably won't be this year. No, but uh, I got to figure out getting there without uh, without my house. <laughs> well, if you anyway, if you figure out if you had a place to park in say Montana, and leave your right. you know where you could leave it safe, then you could come up here and I could put you up in one of our properties or something. Right, right. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll Becky figure wants. It out. To I don't know. Go. This year it'll happen. But. No, I I understand. It's, but if you're in Alberta or Saskatchewan or North Dakota. Or British Columbia, Minnesota. yeah, a or Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you want to drive three days to get here, cool. I don't mind. Is that is that how far you are from over there? I think so. Yeah, that'd be about, about right. Days. 
I it was 18 and a half hours to get to yeah 18 and a half to get to Thunder Bay <laughs> and then it's yeah. like another day's drive to get down into that area so yeah because I live just south of uh, what about Niagara Falls sure and uh, so about so about equal distance as Toronto from the border into New York which is, yeah, I don't know. It seems so crazy that, because, you know, it's funny. People say how big Texas is and how far it takes to drive across it. It takes longer to drive across Ontario than it does all of Texas, which right. which on a map doesn't look right, but it it is. It's crazy. So we've been working on something. We actually worked on something before and it went very well. Yes, um, it did. And we decided to do it again. Uh, yeah. We wanted to do it immediately, but... Um, shit happens and we went back yeah. and forth but we uh you spilled the beans the other night i sure did bastard, bastard. but anyway um loose, loose lips sink ships you know is, um, oh this is you i was like who's joined it? i didn't give anybody a link <laughs> oh i give it out yeah yeah no <laughs> <laughs> anyway um tim and i decided to do another run of silver together uh because it works well to split it in yes. our situation and uh so we kind of want to do announce that because i think ryan's shooting for the end of may for um being done with the coins as far as i know which is exciting that's what you've kind of been in the loop with I, I was originally hoping to have them in time for the next event i'm going to which is the thrivalist fair in addy washington I don't know what is it May twenty fifth to twenty seventh. I just I make dates up, but it's right around there anyway. And I mean, and if you if you um, if you had a a trusted receiver at that, I'm sure he could probably make that happen. And I I would be more than willing to let him work on yours and get him out before mine if that's the case. If you needed well, him before event, because I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> we'll see if it works. It works. I, what would work would be I could have him ship it to my Montana mailbox. And then pick it up there on my way through because that's the exact town I go through. But if it doesn't, that's cool too. Right. So what I ended up doing was um, I am just doing the reverse of what I did last time. Um, we're do I'm doing another one ounce and a half ounce coin and kind of the pirate motif, the old school worn out um, sand cast. But he's, he's actually got a new... Um, a new piece of equipment that he's trying out. So that's why we might take a little longer on mine. He's trying some stuff out. I said, if you want to troubleshoot some, uh, some issues, go ahead and try it. Um, Cause you can always melt it back down and, and retry is the nice part. But anyway, um, I'm going to have 20 sets of these, I believe right now as of public announcement, because uh, people that bought the last set get first dibs. I think I have eight left, um, eight left, eight sets um they are a hundred dollars a piece and first come first serve on the numbers left uh and yeah i don't even think i'm going to list them on my site until i actually have them in my hand so hopefully i don't have to do the listing so you can email me message me get a hold of me um for those uh but the other cool thing i came up with is the way we order them, I end up with five one ounce coins that don't have a half ounce pair. Right. So um, I was going back and forth on what I wanted to do with them, if I wanted to keep them. Um, and I came up with a nice little package 
that uh, people can uh, can grab. It kind of marries kind of a lot of the stuff I do with uh, the coffee and now the silver. Uh, I'm going to be doing a six pounds and a uh, and an ounce of uh, of an ounce of silver, and we're going to use the blends that I've come up with and the and the the blends the lots project blends and the baby Walter and company blends. So uh, the, the get shit done blend, the perfect cup, and then the three dogs um, that's five pounds of coffee. And I was talking to um, Brian at food forest farms, asking him, well, what, what do we do? I want to do six and a, and a coin. And um, he said, he's got some, uh, some pretty special beans coming in here pretty soon. And he was willing to uh, make me up a special batch of uh of high and i believe he said it was uh, a honey a honey fermented bean or something it was i have to get more details on it but it's going to be pretty special it's pretty uh, pretty spendy stuff but we're going to do a pound of that in there and then it's going to be like adult cracker jacks because the ounce of silver will be going in the special pound um vacuum sealed of course for uh for uh hygiene and things but uh yeah it's going to be cracker jacked uh six six pounds in an ounce and there's only going to be five of them and all these coins are uh are numbered you get a certificate on authenticity i have the master authenticity um from the block that was bought um yeah it's kind of uh once they're sold, there's no more. So if you have questions or interested in my set, uh, just go ahead and get a hold of me any, uh, any way, uh, smoke signal or whatever. But uh, hey, man, I'm going to put yours up and uh, talk about what you got going on. Do you even have any left? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. I haven't really got off my high horse and really put them out there. I just literally, basically last night, two nights ago, Saturday night, I, I just said, hey, guys, if you want them, let me know. I've had a few so far. There's still some available. So I really haven't promoted it at all. But so my idea going forward, from what I can understand, it, is I'm going to do one set of workshop silver every year. That I think that's what I'm going to limit it to. I have other ideas, which I'll talk about in a little bit. But so each year it's going to have a year on it. I haven't numbered mine. Everybody knows we, we get around, what, 35 sets, I think. Uh, anyway. The, anyway, 20, 20 sets of the, the one. Oh, yeah. There the one and a half and then five uh, right. single ounces. So, so 25, basically 25 single ounces is what's going to go out. So I, for whatever reason, I've decided I like putting the date on mine. So yeah. on the, the, the reverse of this, you'll see uh 2023 on there. Of course, last year said 2022. Now we went, uh, Ryan picked up a new die. Here I am playing with my mouse, trying to show people. And I'm like, they can't see that anyway. Um, so <laughs> this year's silver is the inverse of last year's. So last year's, the, the, the workshop Toolman Tim's logo was raised and the back was sunk. This time it's the opposite. So, Oh, nice. I like it. So what, what that does is in the future, it gives us options of maybe doing like a half ounce in and a full ounce out, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. yep. But for, go, so every year at this point, the, in, until we decide we're going to go a little bigger, we're basically going to be limited to 25 of the workshop silvers each year. Um, right. Now I have other ideas. I, I have, I really want to do an apocalypse set. So that's going forward. I'm, I keep saying it. If somebody wants to steal the idea, fucking go with it. I don't care, but I, I put it out there. So eventually I'm going to do like Y2K, uh, the Mayan calendar, 
um, COVID, you know, anyway, probably four and maybe do that as a second batch each year. Oh, nice. So it'll be like a collect them all type thing. Like the zombie bucks. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I have. So Ryan, I, he's doing really well. Like his, he, he, he was telling me how he's, and, and that one I had up there is, is just a, uh, it was a, a first test press. That's all it was. So he, yeah. it's going to be, you know, whatever. Anyway, he's going to be. Shit. And that's the thing. Like I, I, I saw send him a message. I think we decided to do this like on Thursday or Friday. And I he, sent Ryan a message. I'm like, dude, anyway, you could get me some pictures by uh, Monday night. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. Uh, I'll try. And I uh, sent a message this morning. He's like, yeah, I don't even know what day it is. So, I mean. I love that. Because when you first, this, of course, almost every idea that that Brian and I end up going with, Brian brings me the idea. And then I'm like, hey, can I latch on? Because I'm too fucking busy to come up with my own ideas. So <laughs> he comes to me like a year ago and he's like, hey, let's do silver. I'm like, okay, sure. No, actually, he said, I'm going to do silver. And I'm like, hey, could I join in? And then you tell me about this dude, and I'm like, well, do you trust him? And Brian says, sure, I do. And I said, that's all I need to hear. I and mean, I bought stuff from him, and I paid him in crypto, and it showed up, and it tested good. So I guess yeah. that's as much as you can trust, trust somebody. Absolutely. And that's that's our free market. That's the Agora, right? You, if, if, if it didn't work out, we obviously wouldn't still be doing business with him. But he's obviously doing something good because he's so busy now that he can barely keep up. Yeah. He's doing yeah, some I'm ideas. Excited. I am, too. I, I talked to him. I mean, I'm not, anyway, we talked about some projects that may incorporate something with the patch of the month club at some point. So I'm stoked. He does these little one gram. They look like little bite sized Flintstone vitamin type things. And he he's into, or he's talking about doing some wearable silver. So like you could replace your buttons with silver ounces, Um, a bunch of really cool stuff. So there's a, there seems to be, I love silver. I love gold. Well, I love, I love the. Um, did you did, have you seen any of his copper silver? No, I don't think so. I think it was like uh, out of a uh, might have been out of a penny or something, but then it had the silver inlay in it. Um, I think he sent it with something I had. Okay, I think that's what it, I'll have to. I'll have to look through the safe and uh, I'll shoot you pictures of it. But it was pretty cool. It was like it was like the, his marker. It was basically like extra. I, I love, he, he does great work. I, so I buy junk silver quite a bit so, and it's cheap. You know, you can get dimes and quarters, 50 cent pieces at my silver shop. Cause they just have big buckets of them. And so I like to, um, I don't know, a couple of months ago in my patch of the month club, every so often I like to send out added value because I can. Right. And so I threw an old, 80% silver Canadian dime in everybody's package. You know, it was, it was like $3 worth of silver, but it was a bonus for them, right? Brian um, Brian Norton has talked to Ryan about exchanging his junk silver for Squatch tokens. So explain that a little more. So Brian's going to give Ryan his junk silver and he's going to oh. melt it down and make coins out of it for Squatch Fest or something. But it's got to get to a certain purity to be able to go through the process okay and sure. come out nice. But um, yeah, they're working on that. So that that there is an avenue for that too. It's not necessarily you just don't have to buy the, the chunk that we did. Yeah, well, that yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because for those who don't know, we 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 buy. We, Brian and I go halves on. It's a hundred. It's a hundred ounce brick, isn't it? 
Yeah. yeah. It's a fucking doorstop. So we have fun with it. It's cool. It's a big old blurrickish silver. <laughs> Something I probably would never buy in, you know, I, I like. You what know, the hell would you do with it? <laughs> I, like, so 100, what's 100 ounces? So what is it right now? I don't know, $25 an ounce? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. $2,500. What, do you just go in and shave a little bit off in the post-apocalypse when you want to trade it for a loaf of bread? You well, know? right. I guess, I guess if you're making silver bullets to shoot vampires or something and you can melt it down and cast the bullets. So I, one thing I didn't pick up when I was in the States, I really want to pick up some of those gold backs. Have you seen them? What's the, that? The gold backs? They're like... The gold backs? Yeah. Have you looked yeah, into them at I, all? Uh... I had somebody offer me some and I was going to uh, I was going to grab some from him and then I totally forgot before I left Texas. Oh, is it somebody that we both know? I mean, oh, yeah, you just I'm... brought it up. <laughs> so if that certain someone would like to uh, do some sort of trade, like, you know, maybe pay for a, a year. Yeah, see, uh pay for a year's worth of patch of the month or something, or I don't know, or some silver. I would, I would love to get my hands on that. So. <laughs> yeah. He, he pulled, he whipped them out in the, in the parking lot one day. He's like, Hey, check this out. Whenever he's like got his hand around his pockets and he's saying, look at this. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, what are we doing now there butcher? Yeah. <laughs> that no, they're cool. But I'm, I'm excited. I hope, I hope it goes well again. Um, Last time, last time, I think we were both out before we even had them in our hands, weren't we? You pretty damn, yeah. I think I'm. I think no. I think I might have had. I had three or four at Self Reliance, but they when when they when we physic most of them were already sold. But I sold them before I left. I think I think I sold my last one as I was leaving Self Reliance Festival. So right, yeah, it I, wasn't. Uh, I had a whole. I had a bunch. I kept back for different reasons. So. I'm going to, I would like to shoot for another, I know it's expensive, but anyway, I'd like to do another run in time for Self-Reliance Festival or in time for that kind of September, October thing. So even if it doesn't work, I'd like to do something like that so that I have something to take with me. As, as soon as, um, as soon as I have these in my hand, I think I think I can flip them. So, okay. That's what I told Becky too. I'm like, Cause you know, it, for those who don't know, it's, it's a bit of a upfront investment, but you know, we, we wouldn't do it if we didn't make a little money off it either. So, but it, you have to invest. Yeah, it. It, mine all, mine all goes right back into doing it again, usually. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I, I don't, I don't make enough that, uh, okay, let's, here you go. I don't make enough that uh, when I've done it twice, I haven't, I haven't got my investment back yet. So. Right. <laughs> I still, I kept. I believe I kept my five ounces from the last time, or maybe four. I think I traded you. We swapped one, which if we can, yeah. I'd love to do that again if you want to. If we can't, that's okay too. But I love it. Yeah, it's it's a fun thing to do for sure. Yeah, for sure. So anybody interested, you can e text me, email me. Um, Tim's contact stuffs in the in the video notes, so you can grab him too. Grab some of Tim's. Um, what else you got? You got anything else going on? Yeah, I'm, hold on. I made a list, I think. Uh, Rebrand. Oh, so in the fall, I am going. So, yeah, uh, a few things. But, yeah, so we talked about the workshop workshop. The, uh, what's that on your head? That's the other thing we need to talk about, of course. The uh, Patch of the Month Club, that's been my big thing. Oh, yeah. It's starting to grow. I think I picked up 
between LFTN and coming home, I think I picked up four more subscribers. So that's, I love it. It's so much fun. People are getting into, like people bring me ideas all the time. Everybody wants to see like, I don't know, here, I got one sitting here. So this one says, can I drink that fuel? And, uh, and then sometimes, yeah, three, two is one, one is none, three is a guarantee. I really think I came up with that, but I might not. I, Stephen Harris said something very similar, but he used to say three is for me or something like that. And I'm like, I like yeah. three. But what I'd love to say is not actually a guarantee, you know. But <laughs> So I it, to go along with your patch of the month, um, when you were down here, you threw me the last six. Yes. And I'm like, okay, um, I got to do something with that. So I'm... I'm doing a patch of the week because I have this hat that I can take these off of. And so every Saturday I've been throwing up three of the patches on my telegram and on Noster on a poll and let people vote who, what I wear for the next week. And so I'm taking all the zaps because you have to zap to vote in the poll and right. I'm like, well, I don't need to be making zaps off Tim's patches and all that shit. And then people can tip in the Telegram group. I'm taking all that and just dumping it into a lightning wallet. And when that happens to get to 100 bucks, I'm buying a patch of the month and I'm going to give it away. And this guy, when I told him that, he's like, well, that's really cool. Um, I want to take I want to steal all your thunder. I'm putting one in, too. So, um, yeah, zap away or tip uh, any of the polls in my Telegram group, um, any of the tips that go to those polls or anything zapped to any of the polls on Noster, just end up in a wallet. And that's uh, that's going to Tim for a patch of the month. And he's like, OK, well, I got to give something away if I'm giving if I'm getting paid for this. Um, so, yeah. yeah, we're going to give away two when it gets to 100. I'm, I'm excited. So Haas says he likes that patch. So, okay. I order a hundred at a time. I'm not at a hundred members yet. So I usually have a few left over. I'm eventually going to set up a shop for them. But if you ever see a patch that you like, you can just, uh, you know, light me, lightning me the equivalent of $10 and your address and I'll send it out to you. So I, um, it'll yeah, take, I, it'll take 17 weeks for it to deliver in, uh, okay. So I realized when I was a kid, remember when you would, uh, when you would watch all those infomercials and they're like, may six take eight, to eight, six to eight weeks or uh, it must've been coming from Canada. It, it could be, but also I did find out that a lot of the reason for that was very, it was like an, a nineties version of Kickstarter. So they yeah. would they would do that. They would um, they would pre-order it from China or whatever, or they would you know. So that's kind of how it worked. Yeah. So Haas says it would make a cool shirt. So here's the other thing. I have all these cool designs that go out every month. So eventually I'm going to do a sticker of the month club, and then we're going to start selling some shirts, probably just through Printify or something. Eventually, you know, to get started. But why not? I mean, we have all these. You know, we'll limit them to 25 or something. I don't know, but. They're cool designs. Some of them, you know, hit hit harder than others, and people really enjoy them. So we're definitely going to turn some of them into shirts eventually too. Nice, nice, nice. And I met I met I got, a lady. I got a list of shirts I have to make. I know. I get it. Pe people constantly like, oh, that'd make a great patch. So, so you're you know. you're a you're a keto guy. You know what? How good it feels to be on keto. I well, do no. when I'm on it for sure. Well, right, but you know how you know how good it feels. I was interviewing a lady that. Um, that uh, did keto for mental health treatment yep. and uh, she's like 
here's your million dollar t-shirt and I'm giving it to you. Everyone should feel their brain on ketones. She, Jesus, that is so true. And it, because you, you don't realize how bad you feel or how much you suck until, yeah. And I've had it sitting on a notepad. Okay. So when I interviewed her, it must've been, I was in Texas. So it was at least like December. Um, yeah, it's been sitting on a notepad. Every time I change the notepad, I just write it on the bottom. All I have to go to do is go to Printify and make it. Josh is probably doing it right now, and he's going to shame me by sending it by the end of the show, I'm guessing. We, here's the thing, and this is what I love about our agorist or anarchist or voluntarist, whatever you want to call it, community that we have. We, we all just fucking shoot our ideas out loud. We brainstorm on live streams because we're all busy doing shit. So if somebody wants to take one of these ideas, fucking go and run with it because what does it matter to us? I'd love to see somebody succeed. Now, hey, I, I might have a, rec- I might have a glowing recommendation here, or you might be, I'm, you're full of shit, but I offer consulting where you can sit down with me for an hour and I'll tell you some ideas. Um, yes. if, you e- if you email me what you got going on, um, I'm going to bring something to the table for you that is worth value. Always. And, a lot of times it just legitimately helps you and I do. Well, when, when we're on the ball, we do like a monthly kind of call and I, it's great to just beat ideas off each other's heads because a lot of times, you know, us, you know, creative people, we get blinders on sometimes when we we're like, Oh, this is a great idea. And so we, you know, when you beat it off somebody else, uh, take that there, there's a clip for you. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah um when you do that sometimes it helps you either refine it or realize no that's a bonehead idea let's go this way with it yeah or even just a little bit of a tweak here and there um yeah. something that you just or you had experience so you had an experience or you bought something so that's the thing is i've observed i've always observed from both sides of it right as a consumer and and people don't people don't think and and dive into their experiences as a consumer and use that as a as a, a seller right I, we oh, we do that a lot now Becky and I talk about it because I mean we've got a, f- a few businesses on the go and when we go places we just you know we're like wow that was either a really good and it, the other thing is if it was a really good experience leave somebody a review. And yeah. mention whoever it was by name. That will make their day, but it'll also probably put more money in their pocket because most people don't bother. So here was here was my thing this tonight. Um, we were dicking around before the show, and we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do for dinner. And there is a there's a little place that's just opening down in the the town here. Okay. Uh, little tiny town. They're opening a pizza and sandwich shop. Um, it's for people on the way to the Tennessee River for the weekend, whatever. I get it. It's a weekend thing. Um, We went in there. They're only open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I went in there. It's a husband and wife that that own it, and they were both working. They didn't have any employees. I drove by there. There's been three times that I've driven by there that I would have stopped in and got something to eat, but they're not open. And I get I get the whole. they're not, they're not, it's not, I don't think that they're doing it in the evening after work or on the weekend after work, they look like they're retired. And I think that it's a lot of, we're not busy enough to be open. Um, I had a similar situation when I lived in Onamia with a restaurant 
owner operators that aren't willing to be there and do something else when it's not busy. Right. Shouldn't be a restaurant. Yes, I agree. Because you you're married to a food to a food service business like that. You have to be. Well, yeah, but the thing with the owner operator, you have no excuse um, that like, oh, labor costs me too much because I don't sell enough. Like, I understand that. I understand restaurants. I worked at them for a decade. I understand the metrics you have to hit to keep it open. But an owner operator in a sandwich shop, right? you have no expenses. Like, you're cooling the building regardless. You're running the coolers. You might as well fucking be open and uh, sit on the sit on the counter with your laptop and uh, sell shit on eBay or something. But exactly. Be, be fucking open. <laughs> Red Flyer Media. Oh, she, what a wonderful lady she is. We yeah, we had a absolutely. oh we had a bunch of great conversations at LFTN. She let me. So I, I did. I'm I'm starting this new series. I believe I'm going to call it in the workshop studio, even though it happens in person. But I like that name and it sounds cool. But so I'm gonna I'm recording interviews in person at all these events this year, and then I'm going to release them. High production value once a month. Part of the podcast, part of the YouTube channel. But anyway, I went to sit down with Nicole. My fucking microphones were, were dead. They'd been sitting in my bag. I must have left them on. Completely dead. She's like, here, use mine. And hers had two transceivers. So we could put one on each each person as opposed to me kind of holding it in the middle like I always do. So I think she sold me on a new set of microphones because, yeah. Just, oh, my, yeah. Awesome. Awesome lady. Yeah, she. Uh, I I bumped into her at SRF and uh, with her boss, and yes. so that's. I mean, that's a that's a shoe in for me, and um, yeah. Her bus broke down on the way to LFTN. Poor thing. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's 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 part of it, it's, and that's that was a big consideration with Corey and I was uh, what happens if, you yeah. know, when you. When you go on a road trip and your house is at home and you can go home to your house and you got to blow out on the highway, that's one thing. But when your house is behind you and you have a blowout, what, the, what do you do? So yeah, pull, pull over and spend the night on the side of the highway, I suppose. But but yeah, yeah no, it's true. And then, you know, you want to be careful, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. We're super careful. We travel very infrequently. Um, well, I shouldn't say very infrequently, but uh, short bursts when we do, so we can concentrate. Corey can concentrate on what we can go through our motions. We're not in a hurry. Um, even if we get delayed, we're not in a hurry, and um, we make it work. And uh, you drive defensively more than you ever have in your life. I love. I I know I've said it a few times, but I absolutely fucking love the fact that you guys talked about this and now you're doing it. And then we and then we meet in Tennessee while you're doing it. You know what I mean? Like I not everybody does that. You know what I mean? So it's it a lot of people, you know, and and life changes. It's not it's not that you don't do it because you didn't plan on it. It's just shit happens sometimes. But for you guys, this is you're living the dream. Oh, this is the second time we've done it though. Really? I don't think <laughs> we we, we uh we we lived in the suburbs um and we said we're going to go move out into the farm, we're going to go buy a farm oh, and yes. uh, have a homestead before it was really popular. Like it mm -hmm. wasn't the homestead movement hadn't started. It was before the whole, Oh, it was like 2012. And that kind of blew up more in the later teens. And people, people said, you're nuts. Why the hell are you doing that? We'd only been in our house for a couple of years. And uh, yeah, we just made a, we made a nice profit and we went and bought a farm and we started doing that shit. Nobody thought we were going to do that. That, that's the beauty of it. Just go and fucking do it. 
and then ask, you know what I mean? Don't worry about because everybody, man, Dude, we had you. to write letters. We had to write letters to the mortgage company explaining how we were possibly going to commute to work 90 miles um, because I fucking wanted to do it. Right. That's how. Because I was going to buy a farm. I didn't fucking care if I had to drive 90 miles to go to work. I was going to make it work with my work schedule. What difference does it make to you as long as I pay the bill? Right. So I, I we talked a bit about, so Becky had the idea of um, satellite locations for our daycare. Um, you know, and of course, when you bring up the idea, sometimes people are a little nervous. They're like, oh, don't do that. It's too much work. Well, okay. We want to be independently wealthy. That, you know, and so John Pugliano's uh, definition of independently wealthy is to have 10 years worth of salary on hand or 10 years worth of expenses. Right. He yep. figures if you can if you've got that much, you can live, you can find a way to make 10 percent on your money each year and live off it in theory. Right. Uh, you know, whatever. So some if years you more need to. if you need to. Exactly. So anyway, that's our goal. That's where we're heading. And so what day is it? Friday. Becky is going up to look at. Uh, real estate locations for our next daycare because if we we figure i don't know if we could have three or four of them that's what we need that will set us up to live the life we want to live that's funny you say you say you tell people to do that they're like oh do you really want to do that you told me that i was like fuck yeah dude (laughs) that's the difference right that exactly that's the difference i was like wait a second you're setting up something to franchise this shit you're gonna retire aren't you fucking right i am we're gonna fucking take six months of the year and we're gonna travel through the goddamn states we're gonna live in tennessee i'm gonna speak at all the events and we're gonna sit back we'll handle whatever and we're gonna make money off of our rental properties and off the daycare and when we're ready we'll sell all the fucking daycares and that will be our nest egg there you go i saw i mean Shit, you started talking, and I was like, "Uh uh uh-huh, yep, Uh I saw this plan coming. (laughs) And we didn't. That's the crazy thing, you know? Like, I mean, anyway, I talked to a guy today, and what was awesome about it was his first words were good for you. He's a local entrepreneur here who works really, really hard, and I I think he's going to do great things. But he said, how do you do it? And I said, I just, I work a lot. You know, I do a lot. And he goes, well, so do I. I go, "I, I get it. I said, sometimes... It takes a little longer for it to kick into overdrive for whatever reason. It doesn't mean one or the other, but, uh, you know, but his words were good for you. And because he said good for you, I'm sure that dude is going to knock it out of the park eventually. So I know I asked you if you, if you saw the perfect uh, old fashioned TikTok, but did you see my clip from my show the other morning? Uh, no, I, I tagged you in it. So okay. my question of the day the other day was, um, um, hold on, talk for a second. I can find it. I, I downloaded sure. it. Yeah. So, for the record, we're like I said, we're going to Washington in I think it's 19 days. I got to speak at the next event. And so, I jokingly said to Brian before this, I have about 30 days worth of work to get done in 19 days. But th- this is part of what we do. We, we've bought a couple of dumpy old rentals that weren't being rented. And now I'm fixing them up. And so, I put my own sweat equity into it. And if you can see, where is it there? I got drywall mud on my hands anyway, right. but I, I literally worked all day, got my zero turn mower out so that I can get ready to do mowing tomorrow, and then came straight downstairs, had just enough time to make an old fashioned, which unfortunately is now empty, and then come on the live with Brian. That 
when you want to create the life you want to live, that's the shit you have to do sometimes because it's an investment in your time now, an investment in your money so that you can do shit later. All right. I got it. All right. I tagged you this on this or uh, tagged you in this on uh, now I got to get back to this screen uh, on TikTok because this is about poverty, poverty mindset. My question of the day was, what are three things that make you smile? <laughs> and, you know, asking that in my group is dangerous. Sure. Very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I got lots of boobs and cool, but I got a lot of really cool answers. And I usually don't straight out answer my questions. I usually kind of just roll it into other people's answers um, because like-minded communities, things are, um, you know, usually pick up my answer within the community. So it doesn't, I don't need to be like, well, my answer is I wanted to answer this one because everything's different. Yeah. Here you go. Let me, I got to hit, I got to find out where it is here and hit play, but here we go. How does this work? Tim, down how does this center, work? Down in the oh, center right is a play button right there. There you go. I normally don't put. Oh, we got no audio now. You look like Jim Cramer, uh, the, the one that, uh, does all the hollering on CNN with the money. He always has the cool graphics on the side and you need to be like, buy now, buy now, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, I don't have any audio on you now either. Oh, okay. Why don't it play? Anyway. All right. I'm not going to screw it. All right, whatever. Um, That's okay. I'll get rid of this. Anyway, the, the gist of it is my number one thing that makes me smile is seeing other people succeed. Yep. Like every day when somebody says, Hey, I did this, that makes me smile. And I yes. realize that it's nothing to do with me. I mean, I smile when more hard work pays off for me, obviously. Um, but the things that made me smile were people succeeding, especially when I help them. I really love helping people succeed. Um, and my wife and the first sip of coffee in the morning. Those are my three <laughs> things. Yeah. I So when I had Nicole, when Nicole and I did, it was kind of fun. We did the, um, the workshop radio there a couple months ago, we did four hours and it was fun because we did in the middle, we did these live interactions where we just bounced off each other. And so she's like, Hey, let's talk about what we like about each other or what, what we see in each other. And that's what she said about me was I like to see people succeed. And I'm like, well, sure. You know, I know. <laughs> yes. I, I love, yeah. Video geeks, but that's true. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm trying to think. So obviously my wife, my kids and my chihuahuas always make me smile, which, you know, so if, if we eliminate those, because those are the only things that really matter beyond that, it would be, you know, finding people to succeed. Honestly, I got to say probably succeeding myself, which I, yeah. you know, I love. And then fucking Waffle House. Waffle House. <laughs> I went. Did I tell? You, I went to the generic Waffle House, the the Huddle House. The Huddle. Oh yes. I I don't know. I I drew. You know. I there's a Waffle House in Canada that's just called Waffle House because they named it that. But every time I see one, I just light up like a little kid. So yeah, we went there. Uh, we weren't sure where to go. We pulled into there, and I was reading the story, and I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, it is. It is what it is. It was. Um, it was interesting experience. Let's just put it that way. Oh, I can imagine. They but were yeah, having 
they're having a rough day for sure. <laughs> but super nice, super nice people. But we, so. yeah, when Brian and I, that's probably why we can't shut up when we talk to each other is because we're just so busy telling each other about our ideas and succeeding and that sort of thing, because we just, we love to see it. I, I, Every, I think that's the best part. I talked about in my episode 300 about, and this is important for anybody who's starting as a content creator, is you need to believe that there's a community there and you need to talk like the community exists, even though it hasn't yet. You need to know that there's going to be a lots project community and a workshop community at some point, because there will be, if you, if you live like it is, there will be. And every single day in the workshop telegram group, somebody comes in and they're like, Hey, I don't know what to bid for this, or I don't know what to bid for that. Or I'm thinking about bidding this much. And then everybody jumps on them like, don't be stupid. You need to bid twice that you're worth more. And then they invariably come back and they're like, holy shit. I doubled the bid. Like you said, and the customer got back to me in three minutes and said, go for it. So that I love that. I want to see everybody filthy rich and whatever your definition of being rich is or successful. That's what I want. Well, that's the thing that, that people that are saying, well, I'm going to tell you an idea, but you can't tell anybody. Oh, fuck off you with that bullshit. You know what? It's not a zero-sum game. If your idea is that fucking good, then you should be able to do it, whether I do it and the next guy and three other people do it. If you're the guy with the idea, you ought to be able to do it better than me. And if I yeah. can do it better than you, then it wasn't a very good fucking idea because I made it better. Right. Or that's the beauty of the free market. You know, is, is we should be able to compete with each other because I I think competition brings out the best in everybody, you know, and, and, and I mean in friendly competition because I love to see two or three people in our community kind of doing the same thing because it, it spurs people on. You know, you and I talk about things all the time behind the scenes and we're like, hey, what can we do to, to build this, you know, or that? And yeah, I... I don't you know, know what? I, I just launched an idea that I was doing earlier tonight. I, I kind of announced that. Um, anybody anybody that's listening to this can go and, and get some business to let them set up a profile for them and right. do it. Fucking go for it. Please do. And tell me how you do and tell me what worked and didn't work for you. That would be awesome. <laughs> well, the patch of the month. When did that? That came out of. I think it was Fireside Freedom, I believe. Probably, yeah. Yeah, we, we were talking about it and you that you know you wore your hat and so and then I know we kicked it around the can in an episode of uh the after party and I was completely open and honest. It took me about 6 months to launch this thing. But for 6 months I'm talking about it out loud. Nobody else decided to go with it. Guess what? There's lots of other people doing the patch of the month in other places in other forms. Oh, yeah. Whatever. You know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel to be successful at something. Well, yeah, and I, I think people don't understand that. Like, there, there is a lot of people in the world. Uh, yeah. we, all live, we all live in a bubble, and we think that, like, even the, the smallest niches in our, in our world are huge. Right. Like, the internet kind of exposed that. And it, yeah. it, it, it harkens back to the the weirdos at the at the porn shop, and this is this is uh, this is an example somebody told me once, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And I'm like, "So this is right up my alley." The weirdos that couldn't find people that were into the same kink as them, like the guy led off the story by saying, "When do you bring up on a date that you're into poo?" Do you bring that up on the first date 
Or do you fall in love with the girl and risk telling her that you like this thing that's so disgusting? That, so, yeah. So, like, when do you do this? And so he then he, it evolved into people never knew how to find each other before. Now right. on the internet, all you have to do is type in your weird-ass kink, and there's a million people out there into the same thing. And that goes into everything, you know, so all of us have kind of branched out at one time or another out of, you know, the greater survival podcast kind of umbrella, you know, and everybody came down from that. And so, you know, you've got preppers, survivalists, homesteaders, you know, homesteaders, self-reliance, whatever you want to call, you know, that that's only such a, whatever you want, like, that's not a huge market, but at the same time, it's exponentially huge because look at how many content creators find their own niche in that. It all takes us a while, but then we find a niche and then we build a community around it. We find all these like-minded people that, you know, in your case, like to talk about poo fetishes. And in my case, they like to get shit done, you know? Well, you either get shit on you or you get shit done, right? That's true. You either get shit on or shit done. I'm cool with either as long as I'm making money. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Okay, Tim is uh, Tim is up for bid for, uh, oh. for, the, for the big Cleveland steamer. How come every time I come on here, you get me to say something uh, that? Uh, yeah, anyway, no. <laughs> oh yeah. man, yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great. I'm, I've found that um, <laughs> even in the communities that we think we have a corner market on. Though, like you mentioned, like, oh, there's the homestead communities. Right. Every single time I look around, I can find homesteading people I've never fucking heard of. Con- okay, here's the deal. Uh, so I went to Prepper Camp last year. It's the largest outdoor prepper event in North America. Well over a thousand people there. Um, you know, there might've been, now I'm going to say this first, but there might've been two people other than the T other than the prepper broadcast network who knew who I was, whatever, no big deal. But people, when they would introduce, you know, when you would introduce yourself quite often, I would open with, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm on the expert council, you know? So I kind of, I wanted to feel out, you would not believe a thousand people at prepper camp. Almost nobody knew who Jack Spierko was. He has a a quarter million people in his audience. Yep. In that space. Right. And you have a thousand people at an outdoor event and almost everybody I mentioned him to didn't know who he was. That shows you. Yeah. So I can tell you exactly how I found TSP. So I've always been a, I mean, I don't know, prepper basically, you know, we didn't know what it was at first and, and then I got diagnosed and you know how it is. So anyway, Quit my job because I was burnt out, fucking hated it. And I started selling Dragon Naturally Speaking software over the internet. You'd basically be like, hey, I can help you. Get on the phone and try to upsell them, you know. So I had a ton of downtime. And so I just randomly one night in 2013, I'm like, I wonder, what, what could I listen to? And somebody, I forget who mentioned podcasts were a thing. I didn't know this. And so I'm like, well, let's type in prepping podcasts. And who came up? The Survival Podcast. And that was 10 years ago. And that's kind of how I've listened to him ever since. So that's yeah, just I, how it I, mine was because of that drive. Right. That 90, that 90 mile drive. Um, I actually connected with Amy Dingman on Twitter uh, because I was searching out 
Minnesota homestead people just to see what the fuck, how the hell you deal with the cold and all that stuff. And I just started talking to her and I was like, hey, I got this 90 mile drive two ways, um, three or four times a week. Uh, what do you listen to homestead related? She's like, oh, I got this one, this one. You should really tr- you should listen to this survival podcast. Um, Jack's a really interesting guy, I think is what she said. She's not. And so I downloaded it and I listened to it for um, what? Oh, lost you. Look like you froze for a second. I'll uh, fill in the time here until it comes back. But uh, that's another one. Amy, who's incredible, who also sprung out. I I don't even know if she actually sprung out or kind of moved into the TSP community. Are you back? There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Like Corey said, the Internet's been in and out all day. That's a, I just keep flapping my gums whenever you go frozen. I figure so. you were a good one to have on if the internet was shitty. <laughs> but yeah, it's I think it's incredible. And what I love too is this this greater self-reliance festival community of all these because okay, I love to see people succeed, but another passion of mine is to bring together all of these prepping and self-reliance groups because there's so many of these they're like islands, you know, you've got like PrepperNet, you've got Prepper Broadcasting Network. And then I met this whole kind of loosely affiliated group of YouTube channels. And so I just keep reaching out to them I'm like, hey, come on the show, come on the show. It's just yeah. going to open you up to a whole nother audience. And it's an eyeballs game, right? Uh, when I joined Prepper Broadcast Network a couple of years ago, James, he says to me, he goes, I don't know if we can support 12 content creators. And I, I told him, I'm like, here's the deal. People don't have to listen to everyone because everybody finds somebody you learn from. Everybody finds somebody you click with. So the more people that are out there, the more the more people are going to find that person they click with. And that's what that's what I love. You know, you just just keep getting in front of eyeballs, and eventually, some people are going to be like, you know, that crazy Canadian that isn't allowed to have guns, and he's bald, and he looks like he's sixty years old. He's a pretty cool, dude, and I, I really like following him. You know. All right, so you're you're bringing up um, exposing people to new things, not sure. exposing people, but uh, yeah. different different genres and this and that. Yeah. Um, I got one other thing I wanted to say tonight that I, sure. I kind of I'm I'm launching esque. Um, I've been I've been wading into my membership uh, because I'm a weird guy that likes to hang out in cemeteries, and I've been documenting headstones and things like that for. Uh, since we took off, really, um, when we were down in Tennessee, so now for six, eight months. Um, and so I decided eventually I, I ended up doing a membership yeah. program on the site. Um, I put out content every day. I put out short short videos five times a week on all sorts of TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and this and that. Um, I started doing some extra stuff on the website, blog posts, uh, stories of headstones I see, um, stories of how I felt when I was there, just more in-depth stuff that I'm putting on a short video, um, throwing it out there. So it's uh, currently, I launched it a little bit ago. I got a $5 a month um, or $50 a year where you get access to all the on the site. So I've been kind of messing around with that. I also have a sponsorship level because of you, um, yes. a $25 a month or $250 a year option. Um, 
and so I, I've been I've been throwing it out there. I've been pushing it a little bit here and there. Um, but one of the main things that I want to get out of this, well, one obviously is income, but yes. two is I want to take part of that and I want to give it give back. Um, and one of the ideas I came up with when I was walking around these cemeteries all the time is I see a lot of rundown, broken, um, not even necessarily vandalism, but a tree fell on a headstone. Yeah. It's perfectly fine. It just needs to be repaired or um, stuff that could be repaired, but no one gives a shit. Or maybe with a hundred bucks worth of material, something could get re- cleaned up really nice. So I don't have the money to just throw at these things. It's not sure. mine. What, what difference does it make? But if I can have a membership and I can bring money into a account, a pool that I can then do the legwork to spend that money to make a difference, that is kind of what the driving factor behind the membership was. And so right now I figured I want to do something to kickstart that fund. I was trying to figure out what the tipping point was, when I could start siphoning funds off. And I said, screw it. I'm going to do it now. Um, the next hundred people, so this is going to be a while. The first, the next hundred people that do a, a year membership, $5 of their $50 will go into this fund. And then also the next hundred people that sign up for a monthly, it's going to be the second month, but the second yeah. month, $5 is going to go into this fund. So until I have a hundred and whatever, I got to look up the number right now monthly members and a hundred yearly members, $5 is going to go into this fund. And I want that to get big enough to where I can say, Hey, go fix this. This needs to be fixed or find a local stonemason or find, um, a headstone, um, company that will replace some stuff or talk to the cemetery administration to get something cleaned up. But that's what I want to do. I think that's cool. I love that. I uh, I told Alice and Charlotte about it, and they're they're pretty they're pretty stoked. They, that's my twins, and they're so Charlie said when she goes to Nova Scotia, she wants to get you some footage of some gravestones from the sixteen and seventeen hundreds. So, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's my thing. Like people don't people are like, oh, what? My thing is like the older the better. Um, the history f- thinking about not necessarily they don't have to be famous or have had a famous life. But standing there and wondering what they experienced. Right. What somebody born in 1785 and died in 1865. Well, what the hell did they experience? And how did they die? The other thing is like when I walk around a cemetery, I'll look for, um, I, I feel like I got math problems going on in my head. Like when I walk around these places, but I'll look for uh, patterns and dates. Um, mm. I'll look for patterns in families. I'll look for patterns in like the age of different headstones through the cemetery, like figuring out, okay, well, it started back here and then it progressed over here. It started in the four corners and moved into the middle. Um, that's what I do. It's like a big puzzle when I'm there. I, I never thought about that, but yeah, I, I guess subconsciously I would do that. You would look for the oldest stones and that kind of would tell you where the, um, cemetery progressed from because that, that that's always been our game when when i was a kid my grandparents would always take me from this seems kind of morbid now but they'd be like hey you want to go for a drive and we would go down through the baptist cemetery then we'd go down through the catholic cemetery 
And my game, or the thing I always loved to do, was to look for the absolutely oldest date. And, of course, that would tell you where, you know, and you can look and you can see where the, the old growth trees are and everything. And But, yeah, it's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Red Media, Red Media says, or Red Flyer says uh, a lot of the small rural uh, places are maintained by local civic clubs. They don't have the funds to do much, and that could really help. Yeah, and even on a even on an individual um, basis, like there's been ones that I've seen that weren't really old, and that's the cool thing. Getting into cemeteries right now, um, it looked like. So from my observations, it got pretty standard um, going into the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. But now they're getting very um, creative with laser etching, with photos. Um, I've I've been seeing a lot of cool metal uh, metal work where they're doing uh, laser etching into metal sheets instead of doing stones. Really? What I'd love. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, go. I just I'd love to have like a freaking hologram that would pop up and you could tell my story someday because I'm sure that's coming, you know? Well, the QR codes, um, I was in one place. And like I said, I usually I'm in the older sections. I don't really wander around the new stuff. Um, Only if one catches my eye while I'm driving through. But uh, I saw one that had a QR code on it and you scan the QR and it brought up a YouTube video about their life. That's cool. Did the person so you, do it? Or did you literally could have a QR code going to the workshop YouTube channel or your website or. Right. Because, you know, they say, how, how, what's the old saying goes, you know, the first, uh, every, everybody dies two deaths. Your first is your physical death. And the second is when the last person who knew you dies. And yep. I think that'd be a really cool way to extend that legacy or your information, you know, because. I've told this story before, but my grandmother, she died in 1990. We have a single tape recording of her voice that isn't that long that my dad just accidentally found. So, you know, she lived until 1990 and there's almost nothing other than still photos of her. So we live in a cool time where our legacy, hopefully, you know, goes with us, you know, goes a long ways down the road and my kids and grandkids and great grandkids hopefully can go back and maybe learn something from me. Well, that's, what, that's why I do this shit. Absolutely. It's part of it I mean, for sure. There really, there really isn't. And I mean, I mean, there are smaller reasons, but leaving, leaving the, a glimpse at what was going on, my opinions or like, not that it matters to anybody, but maybe it matters to somebody. Well, I, I, I've gotten really, one of my, I don't know, odd passions is the history of prepping. So I've been doing this. It's my deepest dive series. So once every couple of months, I will do a decade in prepping history. And it's going to expand because I'm going to run out of decades. But what I've been doing is I've been buying up books and magazines, things that were written in the 60s and 50s and 70s. And it's really cool to see the things that people were interested in. And the biggest thing I think is that most of these people are quickly forgotten. And I don't want them to be because these are the, you know, um, Don and Mel Stevens. They were the first person to coin the phrase retreater. They were also, I would say, the first people to run a consultation business on how to set up homesteading and retreat locations. And they're almost completely forgotten. But 
if you listen, if you read their books and his articles and things like that, it, it resonates with today. The things that he taught are exactly what I learned from Jack and TSP and a lot of what I would turn around teaching to other people. We're circling back there. Mm-hmm. We're definitely circling back there. And there's a reason for that. Sure there is. You I know, mean, it, it, it makes sense and it works and it's always worked. And it's it's depend, independent of time and society. It just works. And people Bird are always worried. Eggs. <laughs> yes. It, and people are always... So I, I went to the uh, farm store today to pick up... Well, it's a hardware building supplies. And I asked the young guy, I said, you know, how you doing or whatever. And he kind of looks a little down. And I, I forget how we got talking about it. But anyway, he's basically concerned about the station of the world. You know, the, and I looked at him and I said, I got to tell you something. You're 20. I'm 42. You need to know that the world's not going to end while you're alive. And if it does, it doesn't fucking matter anyway. But... I said, literally, I grew up as, as you know, uh, an evangelical Christian, and people have been predicting the end of the world since before Jesus was here. And in my lifetime, I've seen the end of the world, I don't know, six or seven times. I, said, so, I was going to say seven, I think. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, fucking acid rain and the hole in the ozone layer and Y2K and 9-11 and I, on and on and on. And then I told him, I said, listen, in the 60s, it was awful i was it yeah the bay of pigs and then the cuban missile crisis you when i i did the 60s episode four minutes those nukes from the time if they had been launched from the shores in cuba till they hit florida would have been four fucking minutes the entire world you know and it didn't end then so i that's my hobby horse right now is the fucking the fear that school is putting into our kids right now no matter like it it is doing this next generation a huge disservice. Now I'm going to step down. So uh, K-Bonk wanted to know what, what, I'm not sure what time period I I, I ran. I'm guessing what time period they were teaching homesteading. Mm. Uh, Right around 1964, they started and they launched that business in that decade. So he started out him and I can't remember the other gentleman name. So they would go, kind of on the road and do presentations or like, you know, events. So one was a financial guru and he was a retreater and they, they did it together. And then they started a newsletter and then people kept um, reaching out to him and he's like, well, geez. So basically they, they set up a bug out location and they eventually moved there and they put their money where their mouth was. And they eventually moved from California to it's either Montana or Oregon, something, one of those places and lived there full time for the rest of their life. Uh, she's still alive. He's passed away. But it was just, I loved seeing that because it was, you know, it was the first guy that turned that into a business. And and it was completely free market because I, I've been reading his, uh, I can't remember if it was the article in Reason Magazine or his book. And he talked about how people just kept asking him to help them. And eventually it just ended up turning into a business for him. Right. Um Josh put something interesting with he wants the lightning QR on his headstone so people can zap a cause that he chooses. Um, I've actually been poking around at waterproof um, either business cards or some sort of thing that we can display when we fix something with the restoration fund that people can scan to find out more information or if they want to donate or things like that. Um, 
and what the cost of that is going to be uh, to roll that in too, because that would be a nice touch to spread the word and let people directly contribute. I think that's cool. I love that idea. I see <laughs> K-Bonk says Brandon wasn't president of the United States. I'm guessing that's yet another end of the world thing or people, I don't know, because again, don't worry about that shit, but you know, it, whatever. Dude, you know, that, that guy is something else. Which you, one? You, wor you worry about, um, you worry about Fidel Jr. Um, that guy they got, they're walking around the White House. He's something else, man. He's just looking for his pudding. That's all. He 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 misplaced his pudding cup. He doesn't know I, where to go. I almost I almost did a TikTok the other day, and I couldn't quite get the video right. I was trying. I was trying. I was trying. I couldn't quite get it right. But it was the video of him with the football team. Some call it, I think it was Air Force or whatever that they were giving him the football and the jersey. And he took one and then didn't take the other. And he was just like wandering around like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And everybody's like, oh, 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 this is like all outrage. And I was like, my thoughts, my commentary on that was, I remember when I was a kid and um, you would hear the shit that they would tell people in North Korea about the leader. Like he doesn't poop and all this stuff. And he's like a god. And you're like, yeah. oh, my God, these people are so stupid. How can they ever believe that this this guy doesn't poop? Well, and there's fucking people that think that motherfucker's making decisions about this country. I just think he's the best president ever. It, you know, it pisses me off because it's a fifth. It, it, it's red, go red team, go blue team. Right. Because yeah, Donald yeah, yeah. Trump was a fuck. I mean, he was a fucking moron, too. Like, he, <laughs> you know, he might have been good man. in business, but he was an absolute walking idiot. And he he did he did himself a huge disservice, and whoever the next one will be will be the same way because, for yeah. whatever reason, people who want power that gravitate to that aren't the people that should have it. You want people Josh, in who Josh don't. That Joe Biden doesn't poop. I bet Joe Biden poops in his pants. Oh, I, no, I mean, let's see. What just off the top of my memory, I can remember Joe Biden walking around not knowing where he was. I can remember him slipping, going up the stairs to the airplane. I can remember him falling off of his bicycle. That's just did three. You remember, right did, there. You see, did you see him wandering out in the lawn of the White House? Yes. That's and the guy terrible. chased him down, like the Secret Service guy, like walks up behind him. And he's like, where are you going? And they, like, pan, they pan the camera up and he's just like wandering towards the front gate. <laughs> It reminds me of that gif with John Travolta from um, Pulp Fiction when he's like, somebody should replace him with, oh, my, it's fun. I love it. And I, it's kind of fun to be slightly removed from it because I can, you know, but I, if I were in the States, I'd be the same way because I'm a fucking anarchist and I don't care. I love making fun of them all. Oh God, it's so fun. I just like watch it just for the entertainment. I'm like. But then I put it together the one day. It just clicked. I'm like, everybody was like, how are those people so stupid that they believe this? Well, and it's not a brand new thing because you no. look, at, look at the kings, right? People loved it when the king got old because you had the king's council who pulled all the strings. They basically ran it for years. And Or how about a kid? How does a kid who's three years old, the king, how did... Anyway, yeah, it's so it's fun. I enjoy it. It's All fun right. to watch. I like to see people get worked up over it. Yeah, oh, that's the best. I like poke, poking both sides of the bear, too.
Oh yeah. Because I'll start out with, you know, I'll be like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm really, I'm really pro gun. And I, I, you know, I think everybody should own a firearm. I think that's really important. And, uh, you know, I don't really agree with taxes and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll be like, and I also think that a woman has a right to choose what she wants to do with her body. Oh no, don't go there. Are we, are we talking about abortion? <laughs> I, 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 I walked out of the room for two seconds and Tim goes right to pro choice. <laughs> You said you like to poke the bear. I like to do it too. I love to I love to have conversations with people and push, you know, free choice, individual choice right to the end. And I know you can fight with me anyway, it, but it's fine. It gets me in trouble sometimes though. Mm-hmm. I, it, it makes me come off as uh, confrontational, but I just like, I, I want people to think about what they're saying. Yes, because to be fair, I, okay. I finished Atlas Shrugged today. It is, it's a marathon of a book. It was 62 hours. And a huge portion of that book is the people in power and the, the populace arguing. And basically all it is, is just a constant diatribe of cliches and sayings, you know, like, um, well, we need to compromise or the truth is in the middle or, you know, this book was written in the 60s. It could be written today because all these oh, people yeah, yeah. just have verbal diarrhea. They just keep talking. You know, the word salad. I love that. They just keep talking about things, hoping eventually you'll just shut up, even though they have no understanding of what an actual argument is. We still have a... What's that? What's wrong? What's wrong? I don't know. Did, did we, did I lose you? No, we good. No. Okay. No, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, um, K bonk says we still have a King in this world. Yeah. Oh, are we talking about Chucky King Chuck? I don't know. Yeah. Apparently they had quite the pageant the other day for him. So I heard, I heard that that's your, that's your side of the ocean. Yes, it is. I, I always are joke you? that uh, you guys fought for your freedom and we hung around till the queen got tired of us. So. What'd you guys get? Your, you guys got your independence in like 1984 or something? I, I well, we're still technically part of. So hey, it was cool. I met an Aussie at LFTN, and so we're both part of the Commonwealth. And it was it was kind of fun to chat about that because yeah, he's your king. No, he's not my king. <laughs> we we you guys have he's the he's not my president movement. We have the he's not my king movement. So no, you got you got baby Fidel. Yeah, we do. Yes. Um, the, the only the only sitting prime minister who has ever actually done blackface before. So there's that, too. He... <laughs> oh, hey, man, I should probably wrap up here. You've been you've been holding the show together as my Internet bounced in and out. So uh, we'll have to simulcast this on the on the workshop radio. Sure. Not my Castro. <laughs> Yes, it's so true. Yeah. I, and whatever, you know, people ask me and I just don't care. I stopped voting a few years ago and I, I won't. There's no sense in it. So if you want to, I respect your personal choice to go out and vote. You go right ahead. Hey, I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, it's been two hours. It's felt like 10 minutes. So <laughs> um, if people don't know where the hell to find Toolman Tim, I, I don't know because um, he's everywhere. But uh, tell people where they should find you. Uh, Canada. Oh, you meant, sorry. Oh, Alberta. okay. Yeah. Uh, Alberta. Alberta yeah. Specifically East central Alberta, Canada, but no, um, I don't know. YouTube, all the places, TikTok, Toolman Tim's workshop. Uh, YouTube's probably the best place. Toolmantim.co. Uh, and the telegram group is awesome. If uh, That's the best place. If you want to interact, if you want to, 
um, ask questions or get your balls busted by people who actually care and want to see you succeed, come by and join it. But toolmantim.co, if you go there, you'll find everything you need. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, you can find me at thelopsproject.com. And uh, if you want some silver, let me know or let Tim know. He's got yeah, cool yeah, looking yeah. ones too. If you well, like pirate money, talk to me. If you like uh, really slick looking uh, uh, hard pressed coins, talk to Tim. Absolutely. Well, why not? Why not both? That is a I think you should do both. Yes. But anyway, this has been another uh, episode of Lots to Talk About. I appreciate everyone listening, and uh, we'll talk to you sometime soon. <laughs>